good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Great to have you in the podcast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it still gripped firmly to the unchanging Word of God? Great to have you in my study today and have my Bible open. I already have my coffee and been meditating on the Word of God, uh, going over some prayer requests that people have given to me. And uh, if you have a prayer request or something that you would like me to lift up before the Lord, then don't hesitate to send me a, an email at pastornason at gmail.com. And I would be happy to bring that before our Savior and uh, um, um, just lift that matter up before the Lord. So uh, it's good to have you today, and we are going to be looking at a Theology Thursday. Matter of fact, it may be a Theology Thursday and Friday, but uh, I am releasing this on a Thursday, and we'll probably complete it on the next podcast right after this one. It's actually a takeoff from the last podcast, and that was on the heresy of the day, the, the false teaching of the day of Sabellianism. And I took the opportunity in the last podcast to point out that it's a heresy that continues to crop up its ugly head every now and then and just doesn't seem to disappear. And probably as long as we have an adversary and a liar in this world by the name of Satan, that's always going to be the case because he's always wanting to distort the truth about God. And there's a need for constant vigilance by God's people and God's servants and shepherds to make sure that we maintain uh, uh, an alertness, a vigilance against that false teaching that always comes up. And every now and then it will show itself. It may have a little bit different shade of a twist to it, but nonetheless at its core, uh, it will stand out as not a new heresy, but one that's been around for a very long time. Uh, in Sabellianism that I talked about in the last podcast, we really noted that today it goes by a little bit different name. Uh, or at least a shade of it. It's called modalism. There are even people, particularly those in charismatic circles, that are have a tendency toward that, uh, and in an emphasis of uh, on the uh, on the different modes in which God supposedly presents Himself. So I wanted to take this opportunity then to lay a straight edge beside modalism and Sabellianism to point out uh, what the truth of the Word of God is. That's our straight edge. That's our standard. Uh, that is the baseline by which we judge every other false teaching that's in the world today. And the best way to expose a crooked line is to lay a straight edge by it. So we're going to lay the straight edge of the Word of God by it in this podcast and the next. And I'm going to take Theology Thursday and Friday, and we're going to talk about the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, that's something that perhaps you've even heard of. You may have had it taught to you when you were in Sunday school. You may have had it referred to. But perhaps you're not conversant with what it really means. And I think it's important for us to know this, this doctrine because it's so fundamental and, uh, in, uh, and influences so much of how we understand the person and the work of God. The doctrine of, Trini of the Trinity is so foundational to the Christian faith uh, because it's crucial that we know what God is like. How does he relate to us? How should we relate to him? And it, and it raises also some difficult questions. I'm often asked to explain what do I mean by the Trinity, and uh, people are wanting to give, wanting me to give a complete explanation, an expose of the person and the infiniteness of God, and the only way I could do that is if I were God himself. But that doesn't mean we can't understand what the Bible describes as the character of God. Uh, is the Trinity a contradiction? 
If Jesus is God, why do the Gospels record instances where he prayed to God? These are all important questions. And I can't understand all the ins and outs of the Trinity or anything else. Uh, uh, It's possible, though, to answer these questions uh, that when I come to a solid grasp of what it means to be God and three in one as the Bible describes him. So, we're going to take the time to talk about that even right now. I uh, read an article recently by Matt Perman, who I want to credit. He's a, he's a man who writes about a lot of theological issues, and he was helpful in helping me to outline what I want to talk to you about today. So, he is. The doctrine of the Trinity means that there is one God who eternally exists in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Uh, and I could state it differently by saying God is one in essence and three in person. And those definitions really help define three uh, some crucial truths about God. Number one, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct persons. And number two, each person is fully God. And yet number three, there is only one God. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct persons. Some time ago when I was in seminary, I took the opportunity to take a pen and on a blank page in my Bible, I made a chart and I put God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I listed off to the side a number of the attributes of deity, one of which is omnipresence or omniscience or omnipotence or holiness or eternity or truth, all of these things. And what you find is you discover that when you read through the scripture that each one of the persons of the Godhead literally are described as possessing all those attributes, which then tells us uh, that if each one of them, in essence, are actually truly divine. So, to put it more simply, the Bible speaks of the Father as God in Philippians chapter 1 verse 2. Uh, The Bible writes, speaks of Jesus as God in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, and the Holy Spirit as God in Acts chapter 5 verses 3 and 4. Now, it begs the question, are are these just three different ways of looking at God, kind of like the modalist would say? or simply ways of referring to three different roles that God plays? The answer has to be absolutely not. The answer is no, because the Bible also indicates that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct persons. For example, since the Father sent the Son into the world, we know from John 3.16, He can't be the same person as the Son. And in the same way, after the Son returned to the Father, the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit into the world, uh, in, according to John 14 and Acts chapter 2. Therefore, the Holy Spirit must be distinct from the Father and the Son. Many of you will remember reading from the book of Matthew chapter 3 that in the baptism of Jesus you see the Father speaking from heaven and the Spirit descending from heaven in the form of a dove as Jesus comes out of the water. John chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible affirms that Jesus is God and at the same time that he was with God, thereby indicating that Jesus is a distinct person from God the Father. And in John chapter 16, we see that although there is a close unity between the three persons, the Holy Spirit is, of course, distinct from the Father and the Son. 
So if I could sum all this up in this particular podcast today, we'll return to it in the next podcast, but I want you to listen very closely. The fact that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are really distinct persons means, in other words, that the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father. Jesus is God, but He is not the Father or the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, but He is not the Son or the Father. They are different persons, not three different ways of looking at God. And so I just would remind us today, and part of the doctrine of the Trinity, and this will be more and be so crucial to your understanding of how God works, if we'll we'll, uh, grasp that even uh, today. The personhood of each member of the Trinity means that each person has a distinct center of consciousness. I explained it to somebody in my study this week, that each person of the Trinity has intellect, has will, has has emotion, which makes up what a person we consider a person. And so each one of them has a distinct center of consciousness. Therefore, they relate to each other personally. The Father regards himself as I, while he regards the Son and the Holy Spirit as you, always in the Bible. The Son regards himself as I, but the Father and the Spirit as you. Uh, You know, it's often said, well, if Jesus is God, then he must have prayed to himself while he was on the earth, which is actually quite ludicrous when you look at the Bible evidence. The answer to that, it lies simply in applying what we've already seen, that while Jesus and the Father are both God, they are different persons. Therefore, Jesus prayed to God the Father without praying to himself. In fact, It's precisely the continuing conversation between the Father and the Son that actually provides you with the best evidence that they are different persons with distinct centers of consciousness. Well, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit making up the Trinity, the triune God. Holy, holy, holy is the triune God. Uh, We will have opportunity to look at this more in the next podcast. Walk with Christ today and keep your eyes fixed on Him.